0: a band here at the school
1: yeah what's wrong with that
0: well boys it, it seems to me like your music is kind of angry okay i mean it's really loud okay and it's a little angry
1: yeah because i hate living on a farm 30 miles outside of town yeah tell him stan i can't stand my dad anymore and if i want to do death metal i can it's a free country cut 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 uh kids let's not say anything about this being a free country
0: Oh, come on. Hey, these guys were nice enough to come all the way from China to help us with our standards. We can at least listen to their notes. Oh, oh, okay, okay.
1: Actually, gang, we need to rewrite the whole second act. But that'll take forever. Come on, guys. Everyone else is fine with China approving our entertainment. Even the PC babies don't seem to mind. And PC babies cry about everything. Wow. (laughs) That's from the South Park China episode, which I still haven't watched yet. So good. Good. Called Banned in China, B A N D in China. Banned in China. Even the PC babies don't care and they, they care about everything. That's a <laughs> that's a good one. So that South Park episode in South Park in general has been yanked out of China and not allowed there.
0: Now and, come on, China.
1: And uh so the episode got into Hong Kong and they showed it on a giant screen in a square last night to thousands of people cheering yes. and that sort of thing. Yes. So this is uh this is something. Now the a video came out from a couple of people that got kicked out of an NBA game. One of them got out their cell phone and recorded the, uh, the usher coming and making them leave, so that's getting more attention. I'm hearing more and
2: more rumblings. We've received quite a few emails from people saying, Hey, I'm an NBA fan. Uh, we all ought to you know, bring signs or start chants or, or whatever. be interesting to see if that uh, catches hold at all. That'd be awesome. I would love it. Love it. Um, oh, that's right. I meant to get that Steve Kerr tape together where the coach of the many time champion Golden State Warriors. And we'll begin this year. tries to say China has uh, human rights issues. The U.S. has human rights issues. Oh, Steve. Oof. Oh, wow. Steve. That's not a good way to play it. No, not cool, Steve O. Oh. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, speaking of the world, <laughs> which is what we do. The city of San Diego, which, like most uh, West Coast cities, is dealing with a giant bum and junkie explosion, is cooking up a plan to spend about two billion dollars over the next ten years to, and I quote, "cure, solve homelessness."
1: Is yeah. this a West Coast bum explosion
2: update? Oh yeah, this is absolutely what that is. West. Yeah. West Coast bum explosion. Going to spend um, uh, 194 million, a couple of hundred million dollars per year over the next ten years to for more beds and more shelters and more services and that sort of thing. Okay, great. I'm reading this entire uh, article, no serious discussion of how we got here. You never see that, whether it's the utility shutoffs or or college debt. Nobody ever wants to talk about. How did this problem come to be? No, 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 no. We don't have time for that. We've just got to come up with a solution that involves the government spending a tremendous amount of taxpayer money. That was a brief West Coast bum explosion. Second story for you. We're going to move swiftly here. Hold on tight. Here's this gal in Alaska, which, did you know this, is a United States state. Alaska is.
1: I don't think that's correct. Way up up there? Seriously.
2: This gal's uh, kicking around down the street. Uh, She's actually in a parking lot. I think of a grocery store. At grocery stores. And she's uh, uh, just in the last five years. Um, And she comes across a memory card, like from a camera Hmm. or a video camera. And she says, that's interesting. She stops. She picks it up. It's labeled homicide. Wow. And she thinks, huh. Takes it home, pops it into her computer. It's this horrendous murderers who videotaped and took pictures of him committing a homicide. Holy crap. And the troubling, troubling aftermath of it. Holy crap. Yeah, I know it. It's it's brutal. I read the entire article. Don't read it. Just take my word for it. I won't.
1: He labeled it. I assume it's a he labeled it yes, homicide.
2: It, it was a he killed this poor woman and um and it, but the coppers got enough from it to figure out who he was. They hunted him down. They caught him. That's brought him to justice.
1: incredible.
2: Yeah, yeah, just astounding. Can you imagine this poor gal? Those images will. Uh, oh yeah. You know I use this uh, this term lightly sometimes for comedic effect, but those images will haunt her dreams for the rest of her days. It's terrible. Speaking of crime, how about this? Two days before the wedding. The wife walks in on the I'm sorry, the bride to be walks in on the groom to be a raping one of the bridesmaids. Ooh. They're both drooling, knee walking drunk in this scenario. Um uh, they went ahead with the wedding.
1: He she walked in on her boyfriend soon to be husband. Yes, her fiance. Yes. Raping a bridesmaid. Yes. Yes. Um, was anybody called the cops, or is there uh, police involved? Or? Yes, eventually.
2: There are conflicting stories, what happened, why it happened, the rest of it. Um, but uh, the bridesmaid told police her friend walked in on them in this locker room in a hotel where they're all partying, um, in which he was on top of her, or her bikini bottoms had been pulled off, etc., the bridesmaid told police the bride immediately started screaming at the groom. The bride that followed about him right. into the parking lot, and the two got into a physical fight. There you go. So, future
1: husband and wife throwing dogs I'm guessing, in the parking lot. I'm guessing not for the first or last time. But,
2: Another bridesmaid helped the woman out of the showers the the next morning. The Groom called the bridesmaid to apologize or about that but didn't know what they had what had happened the night before. Wow. But on the morning of the wedding he texted again to ask the woman this is this is this is so amazing. Asking the woman to put on a good face for the wedding. And to take the morning after pill just in case. Oh, jeez. I want to apologize again for everything. He wrote in a lengthy message, oh, which I had God. the wish I had the entirety of. Can we please just be as happy as possible for Jenny today? That's the bride. I'm making up the name because it doesn't have right. a name. Um, mistakes are behind us. And I just need total closure before I do this. That is why I'm sending this. I'm as happy ev- as ever to marry Jenny. And I know this is terrible as well. But, um, I, yes, my... my D word was out in the shower. We never actually did it, but would you consider taking the plan B to make just uh, make certain in case? Um please tell me yes. I'm begging you. Anyway, let's all have a happy day. Holy cow. I'll boy. take the under on their marriage.
0: <laughs> Whatever it is. Hammering I'm the, taking under. the
2: under. Betting heavily on the under. Um The under might be a week. Yeah! Wow! You thought your wedding day was stressful.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah! Oh boy! Uh, well, and her, the, the one of the bridesmaids or 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 the matron of honor? Do we know just one of the bridesmaids? No, but it's always remember. one of your close friends or family members. Oh yeah! Like your very best friends and closest family members. Oh, so yeah. she was betrayed doubly. Oh yeah! Wow! They went ahead
2: though. Isn't that nice?
1: Why? Why are you? But why are you? Why are either one of
2: you? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, I wow. guess he went with the, I was so wasted, I have no idea what yeah, I did. Yeah, that is possible. And it, it, Yeah, well, I'm not going there, man. That was Jack who said that. Address your angry emails to Jack Armstrong. What
1: possible angry email would there be? It's still a crime. I'm not
2: going there either.
1: It's still a crime. You still, But, but he might actually have no recollection or anything. You can get so screwed up on drugs you don't. People don't know it. It happens all the time. Oh yeah. yeah, people do all kinds of things. But it's not a defense. No, it's not a defense. I'm not claiming that. But or, what or he's are saying you? is just quite possibly true. Right. Sounds like a defense. He knows as much as you about what happened that night.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Although yeah. there are videotapes which would tend to
1: support. Who did the videotape? On it. Uh, the hotel the, security. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if the bride got her phone out or. <laughs> Too many. Wow, that is quite That's the
2: story. Lanhee Chen, one of the most clear-headed, straightforward, insightful political commentators on earth, maybe going to we'll, join us
1: next. Maybe we'll play a little clip of the Trump rally going into oh, Lanhee and, oh, uh, and go from there. Is that a good idea? Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: And your father was never considered smart. He was never considered a good senator. He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. Yeah.
1: And he backs away from the podium and walks around the stage, basking in the glory of the crowd for like a minute. Reminiscent of Dwight D.
2: Eisenhower's military-industrial complex speech.
1: <laughs> That's Trump in Minneapolis last night, and I was just, uh, just thinking off the air. I, I, I follow this stuff as a hobby, kind of do it for a living, spend a lot of time on it. I have no idea what's going to happen politically. Zero over the next one to six years. And any, Agreed. Scenario, Agreed. and any scenario any is completely possible. Yep. Trump winning easily and and being president, two-term president. Trump being out of office before the next election. Any of the candidates ended up running against it. I have no idea, none, Wow, how this is going to turn out. Lon Hee
2: Chan is the David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon Hee Chan. Lon Hee, welcome. How are you?
3: I'm fine. Good morning. What a rally, huh?
1: Yeah, that was something. Is it as up in the air as I just described it, the whole the whole thing?
3: No, I, I think you're right. Absolutely. And it's weird because usually we have a better sense, you know, I suppose we're still a little far out, but usually we have a better sense at this point of the electoral cycle, kind of how the dynamic's going to set up. And the outcomes in this cycle are just so disparate. You're absolutely right. You've got... On the one hand, the possibility that Donald Trump could win easily. You know, there's a set of circumstances where you could see that happening. There's a set of circumstances you could see him losing quite easily, quite handily to a Democrat. And then there's, a, there's another set of scenarios around what happens if he actually does get removed from office or has to leave for some reason. And, and it's just a wacky political cycle we're in. I mean, even think about it this way. You had the president last night. His rally was in Minnesota. And just, just stop and think about that for a minute. A Republican president rallying in Minnesota. This was the only state that did not vote for Ronald Reagan in 1984. One, <laughs> one of only two states that didn't vote for Ronald you know, One or two states didn't vote for him. This is a crazy world that we live in that you've got Donald Trump, a Republican president, having a huge rally in Minnesota last night.
1: Got it. And, and just his own personality, which is, I guess, kind of aside from politics. But he gets energized by this stuff. He even said that. He even said that during the rally last night. He said, I have people saying, I do that. He said, it's just the way my mind works, I guess. The harder they come at me, the more excited I get, or it gives me energy or something. It's just its very strange.
3: Well, you, you can see it from how he reacts to the crowd. And a lot of the president's aides have said that, the, that that's when he's most comfortable. President Trump is most comfortable when he is in those large, raucous crowds. And, and he just goes unplugged. I mean, think about this. He, he spoke for like an hour and two minutes. I mean, it's inconceivable to me that any other president could go for, you know, more than half an hour, 45 minutes unscripted like that. He basically just kind of does his show, and it's it's completely off the cuff. I mean, yes, he's got a couple prepared lines that they've told him to stick in here and there, but really he's kind of going, you know, in an improv style. And that's one of the things that makes the president as appealing as he is to those who like him, to those who support him is his ability to say things that probably go through one's head or go through, you know, one's great-uncle Joe's head. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and they just sort of pop out, like the whole thing about kissing the rear end of Barack Obama. I mean, wow. I mean, that, that for a United president of the United States to stand there at the, at the lectern with the presidential seal and say those things, you're like, whoa, that's, that's something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> So, listen, approach this question any way you want, but what are the chances, do you think, that articles of impeachment are actually referred to the Senate and there's a trial?
3: I think the likelihood is quite high um, because of a few factors. One is the politics. I think Democrats have really put themselves into a position where they almost have to do it given all of the run-up, given everything that they've said, given how lathered up the base of the Democratic Party is on this. I tend to think that they're going to have to proceed politically. I think they're going to have to. The the second reason is I I also feel like the machinery of government, once it gets going sometimes, there's a momentum that's created that's very hard to stop. And you're seeing this in the House Uh, the House of Representatives, so much of their activity is around uh, trying to gather evidence or trying to figure out how this proceeding is going to go. There's not a lot of oxygen for anything else. And and then the last thing I would say is, you know, if they don't do this, what else are they going to do? I mean, these guys aren't really productive anyway, so this kind of gives them something to do. Uh, Yeah, I think this is going to go, guys. I really do. Is Trump...
1: More at risk from his Syria policy than he is from uh, with Republicans, anyway, which the, the Republicans in the Senate determine his fate. Is he more at risk with his Syria policy than he is with his Ukraine phone call?
3: I think that the Syria policy is a little bit of a red herring in this sense. Yes, there's a lot of Republican opposition to it. Yes, a lot of Republicans have spoken up. But none of them have, maybe except for a few, have couched it in terms of opposition to the president. They've said, we don't like this idea. We think it's going to lead to bad outcomes. We prefer it were a different decision. We hope the president will reconsider. But none of them are saying, you know, President Trump is a bad guy as a result, or President Trump doesn't deserve to be in office, or, you know, we we don't like President Trump. In fact, there was this uh, congressman from, I don't know, somewhere in the south – who basically gave an interview where he said all those things. I don't like it, blah, 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 but I still support the president. Yeah. And I think that is exactly the line that most of these members of Congress are going to take. So, I, yes, a lot of people oppose the policy, but no, I don't think it impacts fundamentally their level of support for President Trump.
2: Boy, there's so much we want to talk to Lonnie Chen about. We've got a couple of minutes left. I'm tempted to say we ought to do a podcast with you, Lonnie. I want to talk about the politics that led to the massive power outages in California, because the drive-by media with their inch-deep coverage is saying, oh yeah, they've got to do it to uh, prevent wildfires because of uh, climate change, and we've barely got a minute left, but would you agree that this is mostly about political mismanagement through the years?
3: It's about political mismanagement and a failure to, to make the right investments, and, you know, that's the politician's fault. I, I think some blame has to be laid at the feet of the utility as well, obviously, over history. But it, it, it is, this is not about the spin that this is somehow about preventing wildfires. I mean, yes. Is that an ancillary thing? Sure. Are they going to be able to do this so that they don't have problems when it gets windy? Sure. But fundamentally, why are we here? Why is the state of California here right. at a point? And that's where, the question
2: where, we need to answer. Lonnie, I'm sorry yeah. to jump in, but we're actually uh, within seconds of being done. Let's up. We appreciate the time very much, and, and uh, we'll talk real soon.
1: Crossing Lines with Lonnie Chen is his podcast, Seek It Out, and we will talk to him more about all this different stuff. Uh, Marshall's got more clips from the Trump rally and other news coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: Some contestant on The Price is Right has broken an attendance record as uh, he has been on the show for his 180th time. Was on the here Attended the show, finally okay. got called down. Oh. 180 Please times. Please stop using gendered language. Hey, you got to have a goal in life. Mine is to be on The Price is Right, apparently. And you know the what's stupid a stupid goal? When he finally made it up, He won the bid, got to go compete in one of their, their little fun games where you get to have yes. the, the, the hiker or putt-putt or whatever. Yeah. Guess what he was competing for?
0: A brand new car! A brand new car! <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Uh,
1: news now with Marsha Phillips.
0: As a big rock and rally last night, where among other things, President Trump performed a conversation between former FBI agents Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, mocking the so-called insurance policy that conspired if then candidate Donald Trump ever got elected. At the campaign event, Trump acted out in his own inimitable way about how he believed the conversation went. She's going to win. Ten million to one. She's going to win, I'm telling you, Peter. I'm telling you, Peter, she's going to win. Peter,
1: oh, I love you so much.
0: I love you, Peter. I love you too, Lisa. Lisa, I love you. Lisa. Lisa. Lisa, oh God, I love you, Lisa. And if she doesn't win, Lisa, we got an insurance policy, Lisa. We'll get that son of a bitch out. We got an insurance policy. And we're living through the insurance policy, that's what it is.
1: So, (laughs) I've been saying this for three years, and it's still true. Um, every president we've had in U.S. history, after they're out of office, there there's voluminous um, opportunities to write the history of that presidency. Mm-hmm. Just so much um, uh, to figure out what was going on and behind the scenes. And you learn more over time like that. And I just don't think that's going to happen with Trump to near the extent because so much of it's in his own head. Is there anybody who had any idea what he was going to say up on stage last night other than him and maybe not even him. That stuff right there, had he been, he certainly didn't have it written down. You can tell from watching him. Oh, yes. Um, I'm going
2: to write a chapter on how we uh, formulated the uh, Lisa, I love you policy. No, that was not a policy.
1: I'm not even even sure he, maybe he thinks about it like when we do gigs, I think about stuff driving to the event. Yeah, I think I'll say this, I think I'll say this, I think I'll say it that way. That's about it. I think that's what he does is he's flying to these events on the plane. And it's it's not like there's a speechwriter or a bunch of people around him say uh, polling shows that uh, this is a hot issue, so you might want to mention the uh, soybean uh, market in Iowa. Just just he doesn't operate that way, right? And uh, you know, or maybe even his decision on uh, Syria earlier this week. Did he run? I don't know. I don't know that he talked about that with anybody or ran it by any policy people. So nobody's saying that. No, I don't know. So so many of the decisions are in his own head. We'll never know. Turkey's Interior Ministry
0: is saying that 121 people have been detained for social media posts critical of Turkey's military offensive into Kurdish-held northeastern Syria, and nearly 500 other people are being investigated for posts characterizing Turkey as an invading force and, quote, insulting the operation dubbed peace they're not r- really big fans of free speech there for a NATO
2: ally. Not, of course, they're an Islamist dictatorship.
0: Not that much. And by the way, we are just getting word that uh, Los Angeles authorities say about 100,000 people have now been ordered to evacuate their homes because of that wildfire in the north edge of the city in the San Fernando Valley area. So that evacuation is up to 100,000. Meanwhile, you got pg and E. Slowing, getting power back on to some of the millions of its uh, customers in California that have had to sit through the forced blackouts. It, cal- it seems
1: that the governor has recognized that California is a laughing stock because of this on the national stage.
0: Yeah, yep. absolutely, yep. which
1: is true and is and is uh, apt. I mean, it should be.
0: Governor uh, Newsom saying the latest PG&E blackouts are result of the power company's greed and mismanagement. We're seeing a scale and scope of something that no state in the 21st century should experience.
1: No, nope. What's oh, happening. It's yes. unacceptable. Yep, and it's happened because of neglect.
2: Right, left, or center—I don't care which way you swing or what you think about pretty, pretty Gavin Newsom. Hear me. I have this on extremely good authority. I am 100% confident. PG&E, utilities in general, can't do anything without the approval of the Public Utilities Commission, which is appointed by the governor, Gavin Newsom, Jerry Brown before him. Remember old Gray Davis? Any failings that have led to this are directly in the lap of the government of California and their cronies at PG&E. Take that to work with you or uh, out to your recreation this weekend. Trust me, this is true.
0: Now, parents might be worried about what their kids are doing on social media, but it turns out kids are equally worried about what their parents are posting. There's a survey that was carried out by Microsoft that found almost half of teens said they had a problem with what their parents posted about them yeah. on social media.
1: My parent, my my parents, my kids have said, uh, you know, I don't don't you're not going to put that picture on. Uh... Twitter or something, are you? No, I'm not going to, but they worry about that.
0: Yep. More than 10% of the kids described it as a big problem, and nearly half of the teens asked say they've reached out to their parents to talk about their online activity and Mm. tell them to cool it.
2: I have friends and loved ones whose policy is 100% no, never under any circumstances, any pictures of the kids on any social media. Yeah. Just so you know, that's out there, folks.
1: Well, obviously, there's plenty of the opposite, too. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. moment. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, that's a wrap, my friends. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
2: As the conscience of the nation, just trying to jiggle people to take a look at what they're doing, why they're doing it, and just trying to decide, how did I decide this? You're
1: not trying to tell people what to do? No. No? You don't have an opinion about this. people? I often am, but not now. Hmm. We've had a Robbie... I lean more toward the one than the other. We've had Robbie Suave on before. Oh, yeah, he's with Reason.com, Reason Magazine. Super smart dude. I saw him on some show the other night talking about this whole NBC Harvey Weinstein Matt Lauer thing. I thought it was pretty good, so we thought we'd check in with him on that. That's uh that's quite the deal. I can't believe that NBC was willing to let the monster Harvey Weinstein continue to be a monster to protect their own guy. Their own monster. Their own monster. Well, at least Matt all Lauer the people, can
2: suck it. All the people who made that decision are gone, Jack. They've had a big house clear. They're all still there.
1: Making, what? gazillions of dollars. What? Stay tuned to The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and
1: Getty Show.
0: Um, it has not come up in terms of people asking me about it, uh, people discussing it. Um, no. Nor has uh, our record of, of human rights abuses come up either. You know.
1: There's a um, Steve Carter, our, the coach of the um, Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors being asked about the whole uh, China USA beef. He didn't know how so to the, answer it, yeah you
2: know, the oppression of the folks in Hong Kong,
1: and well he was he was asked the other day about it, and he said, "I don't know, you know it's above my pay grade, I don't really you know I don't know that sort of stuff, or I'm not following that, so I don't have an opinion on it or whatever so he's he's gradually coming up with an opinion, apparently, yeah, and he' asked more directly about the Hong Kong demonstrations and that sort of thing.
2: He said, yeah, there's not a lot of black and white. There's a lot of gray in the world, and we have people mowing down people with AR-15s, so,
1: you know. He was asked if he's ever been asked about human rights during his previous trips to China. No, nor has America's record on human rights abuses come up either. Woo! Anyway, I just was on Robbie Suave's uh, Twitter feed, and he commented on that. I thought it was one of the things we could talk to a very interesting gentleman
4: about.
2: Why? Oh, wait a minute. He's here now. Robbie Suave, reporter, staff editor, of Reason.com, Reason Magazine joins us. Robbie, how are you, sir?
4: I'm great. Great to talk to you.
2: Likewise, it's always stimulating. So your thoughts on the Steve Kerr uh, quote there?
4: Yeah, I tweeted a very nuanced and, uh, you know, really uh, sort of uh, a well-thought-out. And
1: and, uh,
4: what a toad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a toad, you say? Um, what, that's dismissive. I
4: mean, I'm, what, what is
1: And he's gone. See mm-hmm. if we can deal with that. Fortunately, we got a phone problem. Yeah. Oh, anyway, well, uh, we'll bounce back from that somehow. I thought it was a pretty good interview, though. Uh, yeah, it was a brief, it. but good. I liked it. Um, uh, boy, I don't know. God dang it. What? <clears throat> it kind of fits in what I was talking about earlier. W- why do some people cheer so loudly when Trump does his politically incorrect stuff uh, on a stage? It's because all your athletes and musicians and just you're surrounded constantly by people. Uh, being so far on the other side of it. Right. There's one permitted point of view. Right. And so when Trump goes so far past the line of what's acceptable the other direction, you then go, finally, at least somebody's doing it on my side.
2: Robbie Suave rejoins us from Reason.com. You know, Robbie, what bothered me about the Steve Kerr thing is he's just equivocating. He says he's not, but he is. You know, concentration camps, systematic execution of political prisoners, organ harvesting, systematic rape of political prisoners, et cetera, et cetera, and then he compares it to lunatics who everybody in America wants to stop somehow from killing people. It's just, it's just dumb.
4: This is the hypocrisy of woke capital on display. Right, they were all prepared to take these brave stances for progressive causes, human rights, etc., when there was really no, when it was just about bashing sort of parochial, you know, American social conservatives or the voters of Indiana or what have you. Uh, remember the whole oh, you're going to have the religious freedom laws, well we can't do business here. Uh, just many companies said things like that. Now when it's actually a very consequential, and so it's easy to beat up this. The sort of social conservative minority within the country, but then when it's like this, this huge issue of of uh, this is an authoritarian. Communist regime engaged in deliberate uh, 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 genocide against some against the the Weigars, for instance, and then it's like, oh, well, no, we're not going to say anything about that because that has not been their standard. Their standard has not been we're going to be silent about all politics. That's just what we do. No, they were perfectly happy to be loud about politics when it was easy for them, uh, and 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 now they're like, oh well, well, we can, we couldn't we couldn't uh, condemn our our Chinese masters. I mean, it's pathetic. It's really pathetic.
1: Well, we're just scratching the surface, though, of uh, the coming attractions of trying to figure this out as a nation and all these corporations. Are we going to start looking closely at these corporations and what they do and what they say and what they don't about China? Because it's going to get complicated.
4: I mean, it is going to get complicated. And to be clear, I don't want our U. Our the U.S. government dictating to these corporations what they should be saying or who they should be doing business with. Either, um, you know. So this is I'm I'm saying this as a consumer of various products, but I don't want. I mean, for, actually, even worse than what the NBA did was uh, was Blizzard, which is a video game company. I don't know if you yep. heard about any of this, but mm-hmm. they, yeah, what they did was was beneath contempt. They they banned a player. You know, this is this is. A, kind of a younger guy playing this online video game, uh, after a tournament, because he, when he said, you know, free Hong Kong. So they banned him for a year. They also confiscated his winnings. Like, they they said, well, they can do that. They can take away his winnings. And they, this was, like, a unbelievable effort to, to quash dissent. And uh, they're suffering for it. People are boycotting the game now, I think, perfectly legitimately. And <laughs> they're actually disabling... Uh, they're making it difficult for you to be able. The company is to delete your account right now because so many people are deleting their accounts. So they're they're adding extra steps. Are you sure you want to delete your account? That kind of thing uh, <laughs> to keep.
1: To, awesome. To we're we're hoping we're hoping that it really catches on in the NBA. People in stadiums with Hong Kong signs or chanting "Free Hong Kong" or whatever. Just so overwhelming. That uh, the NBA doesn't know what to do with it. You can't kick everybody out. Yeah? You can't kick out you know five thousand people in section two eighteen.
4: Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what customers should do. They should say nope. This is you know we're this is we want we want you to practice different values, and we're gonna we're gonna make you we're gonna hold you accountable if you don't. That's exactly the right response, and that's better than some kind of top-down, government looking into it kind of thing. Oh, yeah, as
2: as libertarians, we voice disapproval of all sorts of stuff all day long. The last thing we have in mind is some sort of government regulation. Robbie Suave is with Reason.com, Reason Reason Magazine. I know you were uh, on Tucker Carlson talking about the enormous hypocrisy of NBC, uh, perhaps our rapiest TV network. Why don't you tell us about that?
4: Yeah, I mean, this, uh, so Ronan Farrow, the journalist, is, is out with uh, his book. I believe it comes out Tuesday. Some people have gotten copies of it. Uh, Catch and Kill, about his efforts to expose Harvey Weinstein uh, and others, and the kind of uh, crazy barriers that, because he was originally reporting this story for NBC, uh, the barriers NBC erected to prevent him from coming out with this story, I mean this bombshell story that he would eventually win the Pulitzer for uh, for reporting it at, at New Yorker. Once he got so frustrated with them, he had to leave. But it now uh, looks like he's alleging, and he has some evidence to back up that Weinstein was lobbying NBC to shut down the story, and that was and that was ultimately effective. That he was talking to the top executives there all the time, and they really, I mean, they sabotaged this story. Uh, which is a crazy thing for the bosses at a journalism outlet to do um, and raises a lot. If I worked at NBC, I would, I would be pretty mad. I would have a lot of questions, and the answers that top rats there have have given just, just do not add up. Whatsoever. Well,
1: all those people have been fired, of course, and been replaced, the people that were uh, shut down a Pulitzer Prize-winning story about a uh, sexual monster that luckily is no longer on the the national stage in the place he was in. All those people are gone, aren't they, from NBC? <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, they're gone. No, not. <laughs> they're all still, uh, they, they, no no uh, no action has been taken against them. They're all still in charge. And they are you know, furiously, thunderously denying that they did anything wrong or that they knew, uh, and also that they knew about Lauer before it came out. They're saying they didn't know. Ronan says that's. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. Uh, there were all these uh, settlements paid to uh, accusers of Lauer and possibly other people as well, long before uh, it came to light. So yes, they did know. Um, so it's uh, and that was part of apparently that was part of Weinstein's effort to get them to shut it down because he said, "Well, I know about Lauer, so that'll come out if you don't listen to me." And then so they they got they, they shut it down and they gave again. This is according to to Ronan. This is this is he's the only sort of I have not independently confirmed any of this but he says they they uh, Weinstein sent an executive there like a bottle of, of of fine liquor after they had successfully shut down the story to thank them. Wow. I mean that's crazy. That's just crazy.
2: Rapey wood. How we love you. How we love you, Rapey wood.
1: Are you familiar with the angle about Hillary's book publisher also trying to kill the uh the Harvey story?
4: Yes. Uh so so that's uh yeah, that that's in the book too. Uh, so Farrow says that Hillary's uh, publicist was was uh, was assisting. Uh, I think it was, it was tipped Weinstein off to to someone to to the story being worked off to being worked on, or said that uh, that because uh, they were trying to get an interview. Farrow, uh, I think, was trying to get an interview with Hillary, and the publicist was like, "Well, maybe you shouldn't do this whole Weinstein thing." So there was there was lobbying even even in that. So that doesn't necessarily impugn Hillary specifically, although of course you know she did have. Some ties to Weinstein. She was friendly with him. He was a major backer of democratic causes. Um, That's, uh, that's, you know, this has been – so there's even that tie uh, there. I mean, these are rich and powerful people covering for each other, covering for loathsome, horrific behavior – uh, that everyone knew about. I mean, that's like the amazing thing about the Weinstein story, right? This was not a secret. This was something that was joked about on Family Guy at the Oscars. This was something like everyone in Hollywood knew about, but no one uh, no one w- w- wanted to say anything. And yet they uh, lectured at their
2: fabulous uh, award shows. <laughs> Love that. Robbie Suave, com, Reason Magazine. If you're not following him on Twitter and reading them, you're a fool. A fool. Robbie, let's talk again soon.
4: So, Anytime. Thank you. All right, thanks, man.
1: So Tucker had an interesting angle on it the other night where, where where he was talking about how there's so many of these people at that level, the Epstein, the Harvey Weinstein, you know, Hillary Clinton's husband, Matt Lauer, and they and and and, and one of the things that might drive Ronan Farrow is his dad um or the guy who raised him is his dad, Woody Allen, and his but there's like a, a group of people that have a sex life. That doesn't fit in with modern society or normal society, right. and they all protect each other. Yeah, yeah. So it would seem, and
2: they're they control so much money, nobody dares say anything. Uh,
1: and so you got movie people, book people, journalists—you know, the whole po- politicians—and they all protect each other in all those different areas. Right, so, right. So you can stop anything from happening. Yes, delicious,
2: really nice, really admirable. These are our heroes. It's <laughs> incredible.